Hey folks, Jeff Salzman here and welcome to The Daily Evolver. It's good to have you with me as always. My guest today is integral psychotherapist and Zen priest, Chad Bennett. Together, we explore a question that is important to all of us conscious evolutionaries who are interested in psychotherapy. And that is, with all the wild and woolly options available to us, how does one know which therapy and therapist to choose? Chad addresses this question by first identifying the three major categories of therapeutic practice, which deal respectively with one, shadow issues, two, trauma issues, and three, attachment issues. In this episode, Chad explains how each modality works, separately and together, and maps them in a way that serves as a colorful guide for your therapeutic adventure. Our conversation made a lot of pieces fall into place for me, and I trust it will for you too. So thanks again for joining me. You can find all my stuff at dailyevolver.com. And of course, I always enjoy hearing from you too. So write me at jeff at dailyevolver.com or leave a voicemail in the connect section of the Daily Evolver website. Okay, here's my conversation with integral psychotherapist and Zen priest, Chad Bennett. I do love what you did, which is if I could reiterate it, because it's pretty simple, is I think you're taking all of sort of the therapeutic process, sort of this, this thing that we do in terms of working with ourselves and our interiors. Yeah. And you're finding these three big territories yeah. uh, that are territories that we've all talked about, but I, I've never seen them in quite the juxtaposition that you have. And so you have what you call shadows, Mm-hmm. which you say are psychological issues and resolved by thinking and insight. Yeah. And that's one. So shadows. Yeah. Traumas are biological issues yeah. and resolved by sensing the body. Mm-hmm. Right on. I know, I know both of those so far. I've yeah. done both of those. Yeah. And then three, and this is the sort of new one and, and, and juicy and it's, in strange way is attachment issues. Yeah. So we have shadows, traumas, and attachment issues, which are ultimately spiritual and resolved by being. Yeah. Damn, man. And that's the, that's the, you know, that's my edge right now in terms of my own work and development and articulation too. Right. The main thing I'm, you know, hoping to contribute by thinking that way isn't that there's many ways to skin the cat of the ego, right? It's, it's an ephemeral cloud. So you can cut up the pie in so many um, different ways. So this is one way to cut up the pie. And I think that the, the process of separating them out a little bit is a developmental step. Yeah. Rather than just coming into psychotherapy thinking I'm messed up or have this or that and having really no lay of the land of where I might direct someone to assist me. Right. Um, I love that. In the essay you wrote, you you said that we could use these ideas to help direct our psychotherapists to serve us best. And even that caught me. It's like, I thought I was supposed to go to my psychotherapist and say, here I am. Well, it's the, the mess of me, fix me. Well, it's interesting because like, if you think of the medical world now, 
doctors are under increasing pressure from um, customers, patients, because of all the research they've done online about their particular disease disorder or whatever, and uh, the patient telling the doctor what they think. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's exactly it's, no, it's true. I haven't quite gone there with psychotherapy. There's right. A, there's an inherent uh, sort of sense that I don't know and, and someone else knows. And um, so yeah. I think this is helpful to, to, to kind of mitigate that a bit, too. Yeah. And, and it feels like for me, even just seeing those three territories, shadow, trauma and attachment issues, um, I felt like that was a move for me because I've had all these bits and pieces. And I've done all kinds of therapies that are in unpractices that are in all of these territories. But to see them as sort of the three legs of the stool of Jeff, at least in this model, and, you know, models are useful and beautiful and, you know, our ultimate reality is a little, a little different, but yeah. um, it's really, really helpful. So why don't we just walk through them? Okay. And, you know, this is what, you know, a, 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 an integral therapist would have facilities and all of these right well an integral therapist would i would say and yeah. we, we could still have our specialties and biases and of course but we're more curious about our biases and um more curious about how to um address each person you know carl rogers spoke of unconditional positive regard which is basically compassion but the wisdom aspect is being able to have unconditional positive regard for where people are in their states and stages development. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the view that I see of an integral psychotherapist. Yeah. Yeah. And we will still have specialties in certain areas. Right. And again, I think it's important or useful for people to be able to ask their therapist, what do they consider themselves a good trauma worker? Do they consider themselves a good, shadow worker and an attachment, you know, or, or to have questions like that, because um, we all have biases based on what we need to clean up in our own right. Right. Sure. Parenthetically, I think that's true of an integral thinker or somebody living integrally in general is at least as a practice as best we can. Yeah. Let's have unconditional positive regard for the people that we encounter. That's the, that's the practice. Right on. Okay. <laughs> All right. So again, these three big territories, shadows, psychological issues resolved by thinking and insight, traumas, biological issues resolved by sensing the body, and three, attachment issues, ultimately spiritual, resolved by being. So let's walk through it. So we'll begin with uh, shadows. Yeah. So I'm, I'm formulating that shadows are primarily psychological. They're in the psyche and that they're resolved primarily by thinking and or insight. And I think the integral community has done, you know, we're kind of mid-wave there in terms yeah. of all the, the literature that's been put out there through the, through the integral lens that shadows are split off parts of the, the persona. There's parts of us that are split off of at any altitude of development. They're resolved by insight, by because they're they're unconscious by nature. Um, it often takes a relationship or someone pointing it out to us what we're not seeing. Yeah, and that's all the th psycho a good th psychotherapist is doing is helping us to see what we were unable or unwilling to see. Right. Unable and unwilling, and yeah. the unwilling is the the shadow part. And yeah, 
the modalities of cognitive behavioral therapy, even Gestalt, the empty chair and the, the, the ever famous three, two, one process. Right. Um, those are all shadow uh, tools. Right. And they all well, make- since you just mentioned the famous three, two, one process for people who don't know it, and it is a, a great back pocket therapeutic practice. Just give us the nuts and bolts of it. Sure. Generally, shadow material is um, because we don't see it and it's not owned as part of us. There's a big chance that it's being projected onto someone or something else. So that's a third person. It's it's it out there that has this when actually I may have it in spades, you know, and the, the other person may have it well as well, by the way. It's just that we give them a little extra fuel. We give them a little bit of extra energy, but clearing a shadow relationally that way is very helpful because we often project even what isn't ours onto someone who may have actually that same shadow. So, so that's the third person perspective. And then the second is kind of to move to their shoes, to the other person's shoes. Um, and and it's, it's, it's a you. So it's not, it's not um, out there. It's we're gradually moving it closer. So it, it's uh, them, it, you, and then I, at the last stage, am able to um, hopefully claim that as me, my first person. Right. Wow. That's, I mean, that's generally gestalt therapy in a nutshell. Yeah, right. Does that work with Trump? <laughs> I don't know. Do I really have to find my inner Trump? Yeah, well, we all have an inner Trump. <laughs> it's at the level of anger and narcissism. But, yeah. Uh, it's, you know. Yeah, I, I, I see him occasionally. The more we hate him, the more we might look. <laughs> so actually, that is one of the sort of signals is if you have or somebody, if you hate somebody or they're just irritating the hell out of you, That's is right. do a three, two, one. You know, look, look at the third person, second person, first person. Very Our good. Biggest judgments, yeah, tend yeah. to be shadows. Yeah. So you mentioned things that are outside of awareness put, is being pushed outside. There's a difference here that I'm trying to wrap my head around is that, yes, there's split off parts of me at every level that I've disowned or whatever, but that assumes I had them to begin with. Isn't there also just this bigger sort of landscape of humanity? that ultimately I want to integrate that it's not like it's split off. It's just that I never saw it in the first place. There's not just shadows in terms of ego development, as in red, amber, orange, and on up. There are um, undeveloped selves. There are aspects that just never even got developed. Yeah. And they, they may kind of show up as shadows, but they, they don't need, well, they might not respond as well to the direct confrontation that a shadow is sometimes um, uh, mitigated by because it's, it's like we're showing someone, wow, you're really not owning this part. But an undeveloped self is probably a part that me- needs more of the, the nurturance, right. more, um, you know, the, the, more, the more watering and the flowering rather than the pruning. Right. So those are. Two aspects of the shadow, in a way. The, yes. Yeah, the part that split off and the part that just we're growing into. Never got. What I would say is that the experience of recovering a shadow is very different from the, the trauma and attachment. Um, 
Oftentimes when we're close to a shadow or we're being challenged in an area where we're not looking, we feel really almost nauseated or disgusted towards what might be coming up. There's a, I notice many people, it's, it's a sort of sense when, when disgust comes into the room, it's like, wow, that's the part of me. I, I just, that don't yeah. want to look at. Yep. We're Again, really- Trump comes in handy here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's where to dig. I yeah. Mean, where to, to actually ask for more, like more assistance to stay steady in, yeah. in, in that area. And when we see a shadow, it, it's often it's often over time and, it, and, it, and at different stages. But when we really see a shadow, it's a eureka moment. It's an insight. It's it's you know awareness has risen above that piece and is able to then put the light on it. So then we're able to integrate it. Do you have a good example? You actually have one in your essay. The businesswoman who yeah. sees everybody else as a slacker because she works so hard. Got it. Yeah. So this would be maybe like an orange level shadow or orange level uh, constellation where someone is doing really well, is successful in the business world and gets feedback from her boss that she's not a team player. And the first thought is, well, you know, I'm not a team player because I'm bringing in 90% of the revenue for this company and I don't need the rest of them anyway. The third person finger pointing there was that that people who are on that team are slackers. And so the the reclamation of that, which she would see that, you know, she's working her tail off to maintain this achiever persona, but underneath that, or, you know, uh, adjacent to that is also a part of her that's maybe an underachiever might be for her or um, someone who's very insecure in some way. And that would be the area to, to dig up the shadow because if she doesn't, she won't improve her relationships and she actually won't advance in achieving. Right. Company. Yeah. So that might be the leverage. Well, the plot that. twist is she's the slacker. Exactly. You know. Or she would love to be. Yeah, exactly. She exactly. Would just like I'd, I'd actually love to be Trump. I'd <laughs> yeah. like to just sort of make yeah. it up as I go along. and Imagine being in a place where you didn't have to listen to any feedback. Yeah, it's not, you know, my more evolved self realizes that would be boring, ultimately, but there's a part of me that would go there in a minute. Of course. No. So anyway, so there's our shadow. Yeah. All right. So let's move then to the next part. And actually, I, I, I might say that Chad, this, what we just talked about with this uncovering the parts that we're unable or unwilling to see um, is sort of what we typically think of as psychotherapy. Yeah. Well, I think especially in the integral world, yeah. it's gotten a lot of attention. And um, I'd say where where we are in the integral world, is we are moving quite into shadow. The, uh, Thomas Hubel is doing big work there. And I just saw a great um, uh, interview with Thomas Hubel and Peter Levine, the father of uh, somatic experiencing. And they're talking now about collective trauma and trauma. So it, right. I, it, exactly. it's moving uh, more into that area. In general, I think the integral world has done a great job covering shadows. Yeah. And, and being able to see shadows from a developmental perspective is absolutely huge, rather than just saying, you know, a shadow is a shadow. And, and um, being able as a, as a therapist or a teacher to be able to see where a shadow is emerging from in a person's uh, psyche is empathy. 
I mean, yeah. that, that's, oh. that's another level of compassion because we're able to then be with that and, and, and mirror that and know we have that level in ourselves. So yeah. it, it's huge. The trauma level, I'd, I'd say, is just getting more attention in, in recent years. And Thomas Hubel is doing big work there. In with collective trauma. Collective trauma. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah. But the trauma uh, in general, if I think of just culturally, there has been an awareness in the last decade for sure of trauma. Huge. And, and again, trauma is the second territory that is uh, biological resolved by sensing the body. And there's a lot of therapies around that. And I've done my share and thank God yeah. for them. So how do you piece it together? So um, I'm saying traumas are more biological they're they're in the physical body they're not as much addressed by thinking or and i don't find that you you actually need a lot of insight in trauma it's the the capacity to sense the body and to actually be able to tolerate a lot more energy especially as it relates to the path of awakening by the way because when the debris of the shadows and the debris of the frozen energy in the body start to move in meditative processes and you know through becoming more self-aware in general, um, a lot of energy tends to be experienced yeah. in the body. Yeah. And the trick with that is at the trauma level is that there was at some point in history, say in our history, either a boundary violation or a shock you know, even a loud noise, even, or even just general um, poor living conditions, you could say, in your home over time, that the body starts to contract and, and freeze in, um, in uh, very actually mapped and patterned ways. Like we're doing this thing over and over again hmm. in order to protect ourselves from feeling so much energy from feeling so much overwhelm, you know, like something came in like a dart, you know, to, to, to the body. And it's yep. like, I'm not going to feel that. So we yep. actually did the right thing to freeze and it wasn't yep. a chosen response. Yeah. We talk about flight or fight, uh, but there is that third option freeze and you just kind of go numb. You kind of go numb. Hunker down. And as you say in your essay, prepare for death. It's kind of, it is a death response. Yeah. And why I say it's biological, it's, I mean, it's, we know now that the reptilian functions of the brain are primarily associated with the traumatic freezes in the body. Yeah. So basically kill it or run away from it or prepare for death, which it would be wise to have that yeah. body to yeah. not feel that in some yeah. way. Numb out. And we see animals, you know, in the animal world, this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And then often what they do, and this is actually helpful to me when I was dealing with an anxiety disorder uh, about 15 years ago was reading Peter Levine's book called Taming the Tiger. Yeah. We talked about what animals do when they actually escape the death that they were preparing for. Yep. And they often will go and stand and shake. They stand and shake. For, until they're all fine again and off they go. That's right. Yeah. And in trauma work, that's that's a, a hallmark that we're on the right track is when the physical body can begin to tolerate a bit of tremoring um, and that the the actual 
knots or the contractions that are felt in the body, you know, as sensed, sensed in the body, begin to move. And that's what we're looking for is yeah. from fixity into flow, as Peter says, you know, it, we're, we're, where, we, where we were fixed. We had no choice but the conditioned response. Right. As soon as we start to move that energy, we have a lot more room for creative solutions. Yeah. Which we're carrying these contractions around all the time. And yeah. actually doing this work, it just makes me realize, so what, what are the contractions I'm still not aware of? Oh, yeah. It, it goes on and on and on. You know, how, how do you deal with it? This is where, you know, it helps to be a Zen priest. Yeah. You know, you bring that piece of the puzzle in. It's, I think, essential to bring that um, piece of the puzzle in. Because yeah. so from a Zen perspective, again, the ego is a cloud. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a delusion, ultimately. So all of this contraction that gets our attention becomes less, less interesting than identifying with something else, in other words. Yet, if we ignore the egoic process, it's a process, not a thing. There is no Jeff. Jeff is a, an evolutionary process. But if we ignore that process, <laughs> it's at our peril, right? Yeah. So yeah. I really, the importance of doing both and doing yeah. concurrently and conjointly, it for me has just been um, absolutely immense. Yeah. Well, and that's going to get us into our third territory here. But before we do, yeah. um, what are some of the ways you deal with trauma as a therapist? What's going on there? Yep. You mean actually how, how I work with it? In yeah. Or even to continue our example of the woman who was projecting her slacker onto others. Right. Okay. So at a certain point, she has the ability to see that her shadow of calling everybody an underachiever is actually her. So she begins to relax with herself a little bit at work. But then maybe she starts to notice, you know, a knot in her gut when she is either overachieving, if the overachiever is up, the persona of the achiever, or if her underachiever starts to get triggered. She starts to get insecure and maybe she starts to notice a knot in her gut, you know, versus just it being a, a psychological or right. relational issue. Right. Right. And you know, in some ways I would consider that uh, a deeper insight. And so the, the, the instruction then is to learn to experience that through sensing yeah. and to learn it through sensing to the point that we can, Tolerate. I like to think of it as being able to experience the intensity of that at like a, a five or six out of 10. Yep. Because if we're at a 10 or a nine, we're actually overwhelming ourselves again. And we're telling the nervous system that there is a present threat in the room, which is, you know, remind we're, we're telling the nervous system we're in the past, essentially. And we're actually wiring that trauma to continue firing. Yeah. I wish you had been my therapist. <laughs> yeah, well, the 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 the, uh, the old days of catharsis, and there's there is some there is some benefit to catharsis as well. But the old days were feel it, feel it, feel it, right? Is that what you're? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. And it, I, I maybe it helped in a brutal kind of way, but yeah, exactly. what it wasn't necessary, and um, and I'm not sure it didn't hurt. In fact, I think it kept me. Uh, contracted longer than I needed to be. That, and that's the, that's the, that's the whole thing. It yeah. is low work, but it, if to feel it at a five or a six, 
and then bringing in any sort of resource. So any thing that you can experience with any of your five senses works. It's to bring in something positive alongside that contraction. So if you can imagine the contraction is in the past, but in the present, we're bringing in some, just anything that you experience as good. Yeah. Then it's almost like Tong Lin, a, 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 a warm cup of cocoa. A warm cup of cocoa, cocoa next to the, the contraction and really yeah. hold, you know, holding. Yeah. The, the, we're doing it a five or a six. Or going back and forth. One of The nervous system starts to interpret that something good is happening and that it could let go a little. Yeah. And as it lets go, the energy starts to move. And that's huh. that's mostly how I... I uh, wish I had had this explained to me. It really yeah. is so helpful to just think of just skillfully managing that, titrating these, yep. these positive and negative things into something that's therapeutic and releases. And and then so then, again, uh, we talked about... The, the thing we were unwilling to see, this is in some ways the things we were unwilling to feel. I think that's a great way to articulate it. Yeah. So then we work with that and there's a liberation that comes from the experience of feeling the thing we were unwilling to feel. Yes. And one thing I would just want to add to this is that um, some people do are are just body, you could say more body people, you know, and they, they, they would just do better with feeling without getting too much into the story of the psychology. Right. Some work, you don't actually need that much um, talk. You, yeah. I mean, it, it can be helpful to trigger the thing. And then we work with the thing, which is the, the felt sense of the body. Yeah. Um, and some people just do better at the, the thinking level. And it, it's important to, 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 uh, to realize that we, we may have a, a strength and weakness in one or, or more of those areas. And that, you would think in the example of the um, the woman I was talking about who had the, the contraction in her belly, that if you resolved the connection in the belly, that the shadow might go away. And that is not necessarily true. Um, the, the shadow needs to be worked through all the developmental levels uh, below where the, the trauma may have happened. So traumas often drive shadows. But just because you've done the trauma work doesn't mean you've done the shadow work. And just because you've done the shadow work doesn't mean you've done the trauma work. Which is why we need integral. Which is why we need integral. Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. To go to a therapist who gets those two things plus thing number three. Thing number three. Yeah. Which is yeah. attachment. So that's the next I'm going to say that'll be the next wave of psychotherapy. I think we're already there. Now we're getting into karma as well. Like we, so we don't quite know, but we can go back maybe to studies in the womb. Well, let me just lay down your, your basic statement here, because yeah. I want to make yeah. sure we get it. So attachment issues, yeah. which as you say, are ultimately spiritual and resolved by being. Ooh, how good is that? Yeah. And, and so now we're able to look at, interactions in the womb right through a third person perspective we can go back that far and and the attachment phase is generally regarded as that through 18 months of age and we're okay. seeing that the tracks that get laid down in that period really have a strong propensity wow. that our ego and personality um, yeah does throughout so um the the, the constellation of uh, the basic 
trust in the universe, say, right. or not trust in the universe, yeah. is really uh, laid down in that stage or before where we can't study. And that, right. that's where karma comes in. Or, but this is as far back as, as we can go with, with yeah. you know, science or, or research at this point. Yeah, fantastic. And, and what you're talking about is uh, uh, seen as the attachment to mother, environment, father, you know, how... Yeah. And, yeah. and what, how does, how does one lay down healthy grooves here? Yeah. Okay. Well, when I talk about attachment from a spiritual perspective, um, what I'm really talking about ultimately is relationship to universe or spirit. And the caregivers are actually the first projection in some way. They're the, they're the, they're the first other that starts to develop. And during the attachment phase, there's no sort of boundary or separation or sense of self. We look into an infant's eyes and um, many of us experience kind of the, the vast egoless uh, blank slate where there's, there's actually no uh, personality yet, that there's instincts. And so when hopefully the nipple comes, but that nipple is not separate from us. There's the boundary of me, the ego that comes on really only at red, right? That, that really fully com, comes online of that right. ultimate separation. Right. Um, it's not even close to online. So there's this, this you know, oceanic oneness without, without boundary. And so how do we know if we've had good or bad grooves laid down? Well, relationships <laughs> would be a, a good place to you know, start the the psychological theory again, which I'm, I'm not, I don't want to get too bogged down in that, but they, they say 50% of us are securely attached. Basically we were attuned to and mirrored to the degree um, that, that, that we definitely uh, are basically trust in life. And so, so Chad, are you saying that uh, pe people are generally about 50% healthily attached or have healthy attachments? Um, Am I mis mishearing you? That, that's one way to look at it. I think what the. Um, no, I'm just. It's a good rule of thumb. I, I wouldn't argue with it. I'm just trying to. Yeah. No. What you're saying. What, what I'm saying is that 50 percent of people generally are securely attached. I see. Okay, got it. Yeah, and that um, the other 50 percent are not, and there's sort of varying um, uh, styles of, of um, insecure attachment and. You could what say, are they? Just give, yeah, give us those, some ideas. Two camps. There, there's, there's more than that. But the, the general camp is that. So, all right, let, let's go back. Secure attachment, or um, the level of being that I'm talking about. If, if an infinite infant is transmitting being, and a parent or a caregiver is awake enough to recognize, at least openness that something is going on before the personality and the parent has this insight and mirrors that back to the the, the child you you have a loop of congruence going on if you can just imagine um, an infant's experience of having eyes met with eyes where there's no agenda there's no you're going to be my perfect little whatever yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, you are you. 
and that's it. Wow. Um, and this is I, I, this is idealistic, but I mean, this is possible. Then, then, then beingness is enough. You, the, the, the message is beingness is enough, and that's why I'm saying it's ultimately a spiritual. Wow. Because we're on this the waking up path, really looking to relax into being, but it's not being with an other and it's not even being with ourselves it's just mirror being mirroring being yeah that's the resolution of what the the, the spiritual path is is yeah. searching for well and so and you could have very secure attachment by the way and not be interested in this conversation at all you just have pretty good relationships and and you, you know so it's it, it, it's not either or, but the the other when 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 the agenda of the parent is strong enough that say the message is um, kind of coming in a little close to your space, like I need you to be somebody for me in some way that might create a bit of anxiety for the the the, the infant and the patterning in much of life may look like. The insecure attachment from the point of view of avoidance. It's like a general sense that the the universe is sort of invading in some way, or that relationships are a little, and they're just like, I need a little bit more space in order to find out who I am so that you don't merge with me. Because you know, mom or or whoever merged with me a bit. That's the avoidant type that's yep. And then took me over or tried to. Exactly, or try yeah. to take this over, and that 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 um, what will also tend to possibly attract relationships that do that to us in a way, uh, in order to resolve it. You know, yeah. avoidant people tend to attract the more the other style, which is uh, more anxious, which is that maybe the mirroring and the attunement of the parent was a little distant, and it's sort of like, where are you? You know the is the world going to give me what I need? Is it really there? Is, is this really real? Do you know what I mean? So the, the, uh, the, the, the anxious kind of moving, wow. moving towards. So those are the two general camps. You have, you have a few variations in there, but yeah. Those are well, the- I recognize all of that in myself. Yeah. Well, that's why I kind of more go to being because I don't think it really ultimately matters if you're avoidant or anxious. We have them both if we if we are that type. It's just a polarity like any other um, egoic arising. The resolution is being with our own anxiety. And relationships really can help us do that if they're the right relationships. So it's not an either or, but the ultimate resolution of the anxious or the avoidance is being with ourselves unconditionally. And so, and that's the ultimate attachment. It's, it's the, I think the, the, the word attachment in psychology is being used to make something really out of nothing in some way. Um, when we're looking <laughs> at it from the point of the earliest, earliest being that we all really yeah. want and could wow. relax back into. So. Yeah. Well, it's literally making something out of nothing. Well, we that's that's, that's <laughs> yeah, but it, but you know, it's the, this life, you know, it is this life it is. that we're given. 
Thank, and, us, thank goodness we have a journey. And it's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it is, a, to use that T.S. Eliot thing, the, the final thing, if, the, if we want to look at it that way, is to arrive where we started. Yeah. With the oceanic awareness. But right. to know it for the first time. To know it for the first time, exactly. exactly. And it's almost like we have to, we have to differentiate from it. In yeah. order to yeah, know exactly. It. But what a pain in the ass. Oh, brutal. <laughs> Man. It happen again. <laughs> yeah, I know, really. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm up, up for this, you know. Exactly. Multi-life thing. <laughs> well, Chad, that's fantastic. So, um, yeah, so you think the, 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 this is an integral approach to psychotherapy, if you will. Um, and and really spiritual practice, which yeah. has to be a part of it, because actually we're just here to grow. And, and and one of the great things that happens at Integral is we realize that. Exactly. And we realize that we are evolving creatures in an evolving cosmos, and there is an upward draft of submergence that we can participate in. And so here we have these wonderful tools to do that and people to help us do that. Yeah, and um, to, yeah, to to come into assisting ourselves more and more, and yeah. you know, for me, the the integral project is so helpful in that we can assess these levels of our own awakening. We can assess and be given feedback on our cleanup, be given feedback on our growing up, you know, um, and and to know where we're weaker, and mm -hmm. if we want to, to step into developing those areas. So. Um, the more we differentiate, the more we can later integrate. And right. That to me is the the, the real joy. Yeah. yeah. Hallelujah. Again. Yeah. Uh, are you noticing at all that, or what are you noticing uh -huh. about the state of psychotherapy and, you know, when you talk to other therapists and what's hot and what's not, is this catching on in sort of a general way in the mass? Integral? Well, not integral necessarily, but just this idea of de facto integral, integrating these three streams or some version of them. I would say not quite. Really, I, I would say um, we're uh, we're getting there. I mean, certainly, psychotherapy in general respects a developmental view, for sure. But as far as um, that doesn't necessarily mean the awakening. Yeah, the, the spiritual stuff. Yeah, not not necessarily, but the trauma stuff is trauma being online. That's, that's, that's online. Not. Yeah, and, and I would say attachment um, as well. Yeah, and you know that, and again, that that's different. That's that's more about attuning, right, to people. It's not about getting into their body anymore. It's, right. It's more about mirroring and attuning so that the the whole project rela relaxes. And I think so that I feel real. Yeah. And I feel I, like I exist. I feel like somebody's seeing me. Somebody's seeing me. And ultimately it's me. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately it's me. And I think many psychotherapists do, you know, especially in, in the Boulder area and the more right. aggressive areas where, you know, the, the, the spirit, the transpersonal therapies, are, you know, that the, the, the waking up process is, is highly regarded. I yeah. just, I, I don't know that it's always differentiated and I don't know that it's always recognized. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's moving along. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, thanks for doing your part and more, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
thank you for doing yours. Yeah, my Just privilege. Catch up with you. It is. It's so great. So uh, anything else you want to lay on the table here, Chad? I don't think so. I'll put contact information. Uh, you're available as a therapist. Would you call yourself a psychotherapist still? Or what do you, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, seems I, limiting all of a sudden. Well, I'd say what I'm doing is uh, integrally embodied Buddhist psychotherapy. That's there you go. <laughs> it's a mouthful, but I like it better. It is. I mean, it, I, you know, it's hard to, I, I wanted to be very precise. Yeah. It? So my, my website is IntegralSomaticAwakening.com. Okay. IntegralSomaticAwakening.com. Okay. I'll, I'll put that down. Yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, me too. I loved your essay. I was like really psyched to do this and I'm glad we did. And um, I think it's terrific. So Good deal. Godspeed. Godspeed to you. All right. Take care, Chad. Much love. Much love to you. 